Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of K-Axis Wrestling Network. Today we will be discussing WWE's SmackDown Live, the May 1st, 2018 edition. And let's get right into it. Okay, so with the opening of the show, we had Paige announcing that Shane McMahon will not be there. And that AJ Styles and Nakamura... Well, the AJ and Nakamura match at backlash is going to be a no disqualification match and like i said previously i feel like this is going to be a setup because i don't know i mean the way it is i mean why would it be a no dq i mean this gives nakamura all the advantages in the world to do whatever he wants and he's definitely going to play this to his advantage i mean think back to like how long AJ Styles has had the belt now he's had it for at least a good six or seven months maybe even maybe even like eight months at this point because I know he won it it's like he lost it and then he won it back I think he won it back in what was it like October last year I believe something like that so that's what November December January February March April May yeah, it's been about a good seven at least a good seven months he's had you know the WWE title at this point and you know, they're getting ready to take it off of him, and you, you, you can just see it. I just feel like they could have picked somebody better than Nakamura to be the one to take the belt off of AJ. But, you know, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it, you know, and I, I can just see it coming, you know what I'm saying? I already know what they're going to do. You know, regardless of, you know, I guess they they made Nakamura look strong, but still, I mean, this, this is like, I guess, Vince trying to throw a curveball because usually... The guy that looks the strongest on the last televised show before the pay-per-view is the one that loses. But this time they're going to pull a swerve. It's going to be, you know, Nakamura's going to be the one who walks out with that belt. You know, it is pretty much undeniable at this point. But anyway, moving along, um, the show pretty much started off with the Miz TV segment. And once again, I believe they're still in Montreal for this edition of SmackDown. They didn't really make it clear as to where they were exactly this time. Um, which WWE used to do a lot. You know, that used to be like one of the main things they would do was, you know, post the location up, you know, right on the screen as the show was starting or something of that nature. But that's one thing that they don't do anymore, apparently. But anyway, all right, the Miz TV segment. And Miz, uh, he received an unusually large crowd pop. You know, like they were cheering for him something fierce. And, you know, um, it's the typical Miz promo. He comes out, he toots his own horn for about five minutes or so or sometimes a little bit longer and then he introduced Jeff Jeff Hardy as his guest on the show on his Miz TV show um, and then he introduced Randy Orton as the second guest and pretty much what he does is try to instigate you know a fight between Hardy and Orton and you know Orton said there's no problems because they pretty much got even with each other on cutting each other off getting to the ring and challenging Shelton Benjamin one week after the other but um you know, and then Shelton Benjamin came out and pretty much said that, um, you know, he deserves the uh, Intercontinental title, sh not the Intercontinental, but the U.S. title shot at Backlash against Jeff, Jeff Hardy because he had beaten Randy Orton last week, you know, which does make sense. But um, let me see. I mean, it's still going to be Orton and Hardy at this point. Um, and then pretty much, uh, you know, Orton attacked shelton benjamin as he was getting up on the apron i believe it was and you know um they pretty much chaos erupted from that point on and then they came back from a break and then we have match one you know they crashed into match number one which was randy orton and jeff hardy versus the miz and shelton benjamin and then 
At some point in that match, you know, the crowd just suddenly decided to turn on The Miz and just started booing him, you know, and saying, you suck, you know, with the you suck chance on Miz. And it was like, okay, just a moment ago you were cheering pretty hard for the guy. Like, I don't know what's going on with the Canadian crowd or the Montreal crowd or whatever, I mean, but they were just, it's an odd crowd, it's an odd atmosphere, to say the very least. And then they just, you know, suddenly just Randy Orton just gets an explosive reaction from the crowd, you know, which was really unexpected. You know, like he got like a, I'd have to say probably like a Hulk Hogan or a Stone Cold type of crowd pop, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, it's like, all right, it's just Randy Orton here. But anyway, uh, Orton hit the RKO on Shelton Benjamin, Hardy hit the Swanton Bomb, you know, Benjamin laid down for the three count. You know, of course, Benjamin took the loss because I guess he's seen as the least valuable, you know, wrestler of that group of wrestlers, you know, and the least successful. But um, anyway, moving along, um, let me see, Orton, yeah, Brandy Orton pretty much, you know, he sneak attacked Hardy after the match with one of those RKO's out of nowhere. Yeah, he hit uh, Jeff Hardy with the um, RKO, left him laying there. And then we had a backstage segment, you know, which consisted of Billy Kay, Kate, uh, Billy Kay Peyton Royce, and Carmella. All right. And, you know, they were pretty much doing another annoying brag session, you know, which really gets aggravating. Um, you know, and then we move on to, you know, the announcement that Daniel Bryan can't wrestle, you know, due to his, you know, to a, what, what did they say it was? They said it was a risk of a chest infection, you know, due to the beating he had taken in the um, Greatest Royal Rumble. They said from the chops that he took from Roderick Strong. Um, but whatever, you know, Daniel Bryan couldn't, you know, he couldn't be in a match that night. But uh, above and beyond that. Uh, then we had another backstage segment that consisted of Sheamus and Cesaro having another run-in with the New Day. And, you know, Sheamus and Cesaro pretty much uh, took this plate of pancakes and tossed it into the air. New Day gets mad, yada, yada, yada. Then we had another backstage segment. Sure there's a lot of those, isn't it? Rusev and Aiden English and Lana were in the back and all of a sudden Lana didn't have that fake Russian accent she just you know started speaking normal I guess that total divas thing pretty much you know changed that but um anyway then we had another in-ring segment uh which consisted of Cass you know and then he pretty much brought out a midget that was dressed as Daniel Bryan just to make a whole parody and a big joke and to make fun of Daniel Bryan with a bunch of short jokes and you know he tried to play to the crowd and so on and so forth um he big booted the midget and pretty much unleashed a brutal attack on him and the crowd just you know they, the crowd brought back the a-hole chant for the first time in a long time um so that's why, I mean, I call it a long-lost chant because it's one of the ones that they don't say anymore, along with the you effed up one, you know, every time somebody botches, you know, that's a long-lost chant as well. Um, even though, strangely enough, the what chant is still alive to this day, you know, a lot of crowds still use that one, long after Stone Cold, you know, wrestled his last match and the last time he was there. Anyway, then it was another segment that consisted of... Uh, Ray, um, what am I saying, Ray? Renee Young introducing uh, the WWE champion AJ Styles. You know, she was out in the ring um, because this is for that whole little thing where Nakamura had supposedly demanded an apology for, from AJ Styles for attacking him at Greatest Royal Rumble the way he did. Um, 
And then we moved on to, uh, you know, Samoa Joe had interrupted AJ Styles. And Samoa Joe, um, he got a much bigger crowd pop than AJ even, you know, which was really strange. Like, the crowd didn't really pay much notice to AJ Styles because I guess maybe they don't like him so much. But, hey, that's their, that's their choice. But I think, you know, the guy truly is phenomenal. Anyway, um, you know, it was kind of a TNA flashback to see Samoa Joe and AJ Styles interact again. You know, and Samoa Joe made it abundantly clear that when he's done with Roman Reigns, he's coming after AJ Styles. So that pretty much means that gives me the idea, since they're going to be on the same card, you know, you're going to see the Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns match first. And I believe later on that night, that's when Samoa Joe is going to attack AJ Styles. He's going to wait for the AJ Styles-Nakamura match to start. He's going to pick his moment. He's going to take AJ out, and Nakamura is going to capitalize, and that's how he's going to get out with the belt. You know, because Nakamura's a heel now, and he can easily get away with a dirty win. And that's how they're going to do it. He's going to gonna put the belt on Nakamura via a dirty win. I guarantee it. I'm saying it right now. This is my prediction. You know, it might be a lot of other people's, too, because you can kind of, you can really just see it. You know, you can see it coming. You can feel it coming, you know. But anyway, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's what I think. I, re I really think it's going to go that way. But I'd really be surprised if they pulled a swerve and did something different. You know, I'd be shocked, honestly. And WWE can rarely surprise me anymore. But anyway, um, yeah, then the Nakamura Titan Tron began. And then, you know, just when everybody's expecting Nakamura to come out of the backstage area, he's literally, he, he literally shows up like behind AJ Styles just with his arm planted in AJ Styles' crotch because he supposedly low blowed him again for like the hundredth time now. And that's another thing that's getting pretty old between these two. Um, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not really surprised. I'm not really looking forward to this match either, to be completely honest with you. Um, and then uh, he hits his little running knee or the Kinshasa or whatever the world they call that thing. Um, and, I, and I don't really see that as a finish either. But anyway, some people might. Um, then the crowd pretty much cheers for Nakamura the whole time, and, and I don't understand this. This doesn't. This doesn't make any sense. He's low blowing your world champion. You know, your face champion. And the heel comes in and low blows your face champion, and they're cheering for the heel. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe it's something that Canada doesn't like about AJ Styles. I don't know what it is. Um, but they do like Nakamura for some odd reason, like a lot of other people do for some odd reason that I just don't understand because I don't, I don't see the hype. I don't see the reason behind it. You know, he's not good in the microphone. He's not good in the ring. You know, he does not impress me whatsoever. You know, like, he gets in the ring and does things that pretty much anybody can do, which is pretty much, you know, all you're going to see really is just kicks and knees. That's all, he's gonna, that's all he does, kicks and knees, kicks and knees, over and over and over again. You know, it's just the same rendition, you know, over and over and over again. So it's really, you're really not seeing anything special out of Nakamura. I mean, you know, I don't see what all the hype's about. But anyway, um... Then we had another backstage segment. Surprising, isn't it? This is like the fourth or, you know, like at least the fourth backstage segment where it consisted of Becky Lynch and Asuka, you know, and their whole thing. Becky Lynch is still feeling guilty about um, supposedly costing Asuka a match or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember everything about this stuff because honestly, WWE is not that interesting to the point where I, where I need to remember everything that happened. But anyway, uh, then Charlotte you know, showed up backstage as well, and, you know, they're pretty much discussing um, their opponents, you know, Kay, Royce, and Carmella, and then we move on to match number two after all of this, 
So um, SmackDown is pretty pathetic at this point. Um, we had Sheamus versus Xavier, Xavier Woods. You know, this was decided in the back when they encountered each other earlier on in the show. Um, Sheamus pretty much dominated the match earlier on, you know, and, um, you know, he sent Xavier into the ropes. And uh, at some point, and like Xavier, it hit pretty hard into the ropes. Like it kind of like, it was like a whiplash effect, you know. And luckily, he didn't get knocked out cold from that because that does happen. It happened to Enzo Amore a couple years ago. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. Uh, then at then at some point, Woods gained an advantage over Sheamus, you know. Then later on in the match, you know, things get a bit chaotic, you know, with everybody outside the ring. You know, you had New Day and you had Cesaro outside the ring, and then it all chaos just pretty much breaks loose out there and then you had uh you know Seamus he had tossed Xavier Woods into the barricade and then tossed him back into the ring as Seamus was getting back into the ring Xavier Woods you know rolled Seamus into a cradle pin for the upset three count so that's pretty much how that match ended no need to say more and then we have another backstage segment which consisted of Sonya Deville and Amanda from Tough Enough, which I still call her. Uh, she appro- They both appro- approached Paige in the backstage area, you know, and they were pretty much expecting, like, you know, special treatment because, you know, they were a part of the group with Paige, Absolution. But then it got to a point where Paige had pretty much announced that Absolution is dead, you know, so who knows where those two are going to go from here. Are they going to continue on as a two-woman team or are they going to go their separate ways, you know? At this point in time, I don't know. It's just really hard to say. There's many things that can happen. Um, but anyway, let's move along. Then we had the main event, which was only the third, you know, only three matches out of the whole show. The main event was match number three, and that was the last match of the show. As far as, you know, the televised version goes, but as far as, like, being live and actually at the event, I'm sure they did a lot more, and they did their little, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this mixed match challenge thing is still going or not. I don't think it is because they don't really say anything about it anymore but they probably at least did a taping for 205 live or one of the other smaller shows like they normally do but anyway we're talking about the televised version so let's keep it moving here the main event consisted of a six-woman tag team match which was charlotte becky lynch and oscar versus billy k peyton royce and carmella and overall it was a pretty good match um you know charlotte you know at some point she did one of the best moves in the match by taking out Kay and Carmella with a moonsault to the outside of the ring. Um, that's one of the very best moves that Charlotte does. Um, when she puts the corkscrew on it, it's even better. But, um, you know, the, the one to the outside is good enough because, honestly, a lot of male wrestlers, you know, won't do a move like that. You know, the cruiserweights. A lot of them won't even do a move like that. But anyway, um, the match ended with, you know, Asuka pretty much applied the Asuka lock to uh, Peyton Royce and she tapped out. And that was the end of the show. That's how the show ended. And what did I think about that? I think that episode was absolute garbage because, like, you know, for the majority of the show, it was mostly just segments, you know, just basically segments, you know, backstage and then a couple in the ring. And, you know, then you only had three matches out of a two hour show. Like, I think that's pretty ridiculous. I think they could have done more. They could have utilized their time better. You know, they could have util- utilized the time slot a lot better. I mean, I understand, you know, one element is that they were trying to build up you know some some kind of story for the pay-per-view but honestly you know this their story building hasn't been that good in a long time anyway so it's like you know it really shouldn't even matter that much at this point but anyway um yeah i mean i I think the show was pretty much rubbish you know how would i rate it 
a one out of five we're going to do that first out of a five star rating system where one is the absolute worst and five is the absolute best i'm going to give that episode um did i even like any of the matches um gee whiz let me think for a minute not really i mean like the main event was truly the best match the woman's match was the best match um and that's saying something uh so i, I would give i would give the show um man i would i'd have to say a one and a half out of a five star rating one and a half out of five that's that's the best i can do and out of a one to ten scale you know one being the absolute worst ten being the absolute best i would give this episode of smackdown a two out of ten that's the best I can give it. You know, I don't know what you think about that. I mean, that's what the comment section is for. Let me know what you think. Um, you know, comment, rate, subscribe, support the show, donate however you can, do whatever you can. Um, I'm getting ready to sign off. This is pretty much all I have to say. Um, you guys have a good one. I'm your host, K-Axis, and I will see you next time. You guys have a great one, and take care.